good, everybody? You're now tuned into another episode of the Unruly Philosopher Show. Today, I got two guests, two legends today on the show today, Justin Blue and also Lorenzo Gooden. I appreciate you fellas coming on the show today, you know, to converse about various topics, you know, what's going on. Happy to be here. Looking forward to diving into it, getting into some interesting conversations. Yeah. See what you got in store. All right, all right, all right. I'm ready. Good, good. So um, let's dive into it. You know, I like to first get into like, you know, what is black culture, you know, and how do you define it? And kind of like, how do we how do we separate it from other cultures, you know, um, especially based on our experience here, you know, in America? So I think it's very hard to strictly define black culture because we forget there's so many subcultures and black people live in all sorts of ways. And so many times people talk about the black community. And so when somebody says the black community, what normally just pops up in your mind? Like subconsciously, yeah, when they say when they say black community, what what pops up in the mind? Man, I think about what kind of where I grew up at. You know, um, the types of foods we eat, uh, the things, movies that we're into, sports. You know, um, I kind of think about like my childhood type things. Okay, you know, and is is that like middle class, upper class, lower class? Oh, I was poor. So yeah, oh, I got about poverty. <laughs> a lot of po- things that re- kind of relate back to poverty. We were poor growing up. Understood. You know? Black culture, subconscious, like the the picture that immediately comes up when they say black culture. Uh, for me, it's more so of a, a a movement or a swagger. So when you think about the unseen and unspoken things about our, us as a people and how we move and how we operate. Some of that, you know, definitely revolves around food and, you know, what we eat and stuff like that. But it's also um, uh, just kind of the vibe that we always come with. You know, one of the things that I I get accused of all the time is just the way that I walk in a room, just my presence, the way that I walk in a room. It's nothing intentional or nothing that I came up with myself. It's just who we are as a people. And we always come with that extra extra little flavor that everybody wants a bit of, just like our melanin. Uh, the black community. <laughs> you said the, but you said culture was the well, question. What right? I meant to ask is the black communities. When somebody says the black community, in the black community, what subconscious, like what location type of place picture subconsciously is there? Uh, I mean, we, it would be difficult not to talk about your own experience, okay. you know what I mean? And what you, you know, what you grew up in and the environment that you grew up in, if you're talking about something specific, um, but yeah, it you know just just where you came from is what Understood. you would think of. So, so for me, I usually think about like the hood or impoverished areas in my subconscious. But then also I understand that that's a it's a shallow way to look at things. It's it's like a, that's a huge box because then you have black people in the suburbs and then you got black people that are are, are wealthy and you got you know it's. it's you got you got gay black people, you got straight black people, and then these are all subcultures. So I think we we simplify even the concept of black community so much that it's extremely hard to put a strict definition on black culture. Would you say it's kind of a like a design for us to kind of resort to that type of thought process? You think? Not saying someone individually had their hand in, but what's like the I think some of our conditions are set up for us to be programmed to automatically go to that type of thing. Like mentally? Yeah. Well, I think sometimes stereotypes have truth. Yeah. And sometimes the truth of the stereotypes 
are ugly. So when we talk about the level of wealth when it comes to white households versus black households and mm-hmm. just just historically how they've done us financially and how so many different events have affected the amount of wealth we have or the amount of poverty that we experience. Although it's a stereotype and although it's not the right way to think about every single black person, a large portion of portion of us in our story has been of struggle. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of those stereotypes that have a certain level of accuracy to it. I can see that. I can see that. Um, based on, like, uh, where you guys grew up at, you know, Lorenzo grew up in Chicago, mm-hmm. right? You grew up in Florida. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Oklahoma. So those are completely three different probably experiences for sure. For sure. sure. You think that it the I, I would think that has a lot to do with it as well because I think, you know, especially for me coming out to, like, Atlanta, you know, uh, I was talking to Alvin one day and was like, you know, I was just looking at culture and we have like a, we have our culture, then we have like a general culture that we share with other races of people. And I think that's rooted in like how we're educated and certain things that we do every day. Definitely. And so I was making an analogy. It's like, man, I left Oklahoma airport. All I seen was white police officer, white police officer, white police officer. I land in Atlanta. I see number black police officer and I smile, but then I, then I sit there and think like, it's kind of the same thing. This is here. It's black people being the cops. So when like if a lot of times if I see like a, even like a, if it was like a cop shooting, it's like another black man shooting. So I have to like sometimes push my kind of step to the side and think like, okay, that's a part of the culture that's not ours. We're just, we're, but that's a product of a systematic type thing that we're involved in. Which I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with being a black, being a cop. It's just. The framework for how I viewed it when I left Oklahoma it was pretty much white, 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 and I came here in this black, and I did feel a little better. But I still know that 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 culture of that system we fall victim to, mm-hmm. you know, and that that kind of pains me at the same time, you know, and um, that's just a little part of kind of like some of the analogies I've seen because it's pro- pro- predominantly black here, you know. From from my viewpoint, especially where I'm coming from, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. you know, here I can walk outside and see black people everywhere. Oklahoma, you might you gotta go to areas, you know, but it depends because I haven't been everywhere here. Yeah, you know, what that's I'm saying? what I was gonna say. Um, that, that's just in the city. Yeah, we do, we have uh, uh, blue counties, but now, this is still there. a red state. Yeah, I've been out there. Was that Cobb County somewhere? Or was it, it was like, maybe not Cobb County? I just seen it, it was it is it felt different than being here. Absolutely, it's you know. It's, <laughs> Still a red state, yeah. But this this city is is you know a blue city, thanks to Stacey Abrams. Yeah, for sure, for sure, <laughs> for sure. For sure. So like, um, how do you guys feel about some of the dynamics going on right now within our culture? A lot of the conversations of like defining the word like black. You know, mm-hmm. what is like blackness? All right, so I'm 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 in the midst of completing a master's degree in, in African-American studies from Georgia State. But when I first started the program, I remember this specific day we're in, we're in class and the professor asked this question about uh, how do you define blackness? And all these, people, all these different people had these different opinions on, okay, this is what black is. And so they're basing it off of hair texture and somebody else is like, it's off the, off the nose or it's off of how, how dark the skin is. But there's people with, they have big noses, there's people that have extremely then narrow noses. There's mm-hmm. people that have curly hair. There's people that have straight hair. Even when it comes to the actual skin tone, 
there's black albinos and nobody would say that this person isn't black just because they're albino. So it can't be off the skin tone alone. And so sitting in that class, it hit me that if these people are in black studies and they're studying in a higher education, like devoting their lives to it, and they can't even agree upon what black is, the reason we're arguing about it is because black is an opinion. Mm-hmm. And when they, when they came up with the different concepts of race, it was never to give us definitive answers on race. It was just more so to define who's not white. Yeah. Y'all can figure out the rest, but we have the most guidelines on who's white and who's not. And then everything else is kind of secondary. So my understanding of blackness is, is very broad. What about you? What do you think, Lorenzo? Um, it's a lot deeper for me than just the the, the term and the color um, in itself, uh, because I don't allow um, anyone other than black people to call me black. Um, if you are black, you can call me call me that. But if not, it's disrespectful to me. Interesting. Man. Um, so you're not gonna be. I'm not gonna allow you to call me black or a person of color. Or, you know, try to figure out any other term, I'm going to let you know what it's, what it's okay for you to call me. Um, and the reason that is, is because I think, you know, when we, when we sometimes allow other people to define who we are, we get stuck in those areas and it, it, it stunts our growth. It, it keeps us from being on another level. So when you think about race in itself, over the years, they've, they've called us Negroes, you know, they've called us uh, African-Americans, they've called, you know what I mean? They come up with all these definitions about who we are, but I'm not going to let you define that for me. I'm going to tell you what, to, what it's okay for you to call me. I feel you on that uh, because I feel like white people, well, p- people who call themselves white or consider themselves white mm-hmm. collectively, they come up with the rules regarding race mm-hmm. and then everyone else just says, okay. And then we find ourselves arguing and fighting and having With a vision Absolutely. Uh, about something that was never created to empower us in the first place. But we'll oftentimes be the main people that are upholding these rules and regulations around race and how you're supposed to define it. So I get what you're saying when it's like, all right, I'm just supposed to accept that you called me black just because you or your racial guidelines want to put me into that category. But then what would you say you would prefer someone to call you? Like if, like if a white lady... Is trying to have a conversation with you, but she's she's trying to respect you, mm-hmm. and there's there's something race wise that has to be addressed for mm-hmm. whatever reason. How would you like for her to uh, address you? You can call me African. Okay. Nah, that's an interesting topic yeah. there because I used to feel that way. Mm-hmm. I you used can call to me African because because let's let's be clear on all of it. Even white people came from Africa. Mm-hmm. Like that's that they are. They have black in them. They have our our color in them. You know what I mean. So it, it's when when I'm addressing or talking about race with a white person, I'm only going to allow them to call me African, regardless of where I'm from, regardless of where I was born, regardless of of anything else. Because one of the main things that they try to do with us is separate us from a nation. Um, so when you think about you know Asians, they they they. they call them Asian Americans because of financial reasons. So that literally opens a door for them to be able to benefit off of this country by them being called Asian Americans. So financially, they can benefit from that. We're the only race that cannot benefit from being called African Americans. 
every other race, regardless of what it is, they can benefit off of being called Asian American, Indian American, you know, Latino American. They can be, you know, any other race can, can benefit from that except for us. And that's why I don't allow anyone to call me African American. No, you can call me African. I, so my take is sort of different. Like I, um, conceptually, I believe in Pan-Africanism, conceptually. Mm-hmm. But the more logical side of me understands that it's also, I feel like it's a, it's a watered-down version of what reality is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's hard for me to just say I'm African mm-hmm. because African-Americans have had such a unique experience that for me to just solely go and identify with the African, there's this unique, just this whole unique thing that's that's happened for African-Americans to where... I believe African Americans need to be identified as a separate group, not so that there's separation from hiding from blackness or or being African, but to genuinely be able to recognize the journey. Like if a person from the continent of Africa comes over and they get their citizenship, mm-hmm. and then if my my family was descendants of slaves mm-hmm. in America, but when we fill out our paperwork, we both put African American. These are two drastically different stories and scenarios on how we got here to even fill out this paperwork. Absolutely, but neither one of you could benefit from it. In what way? Like Anyway. You're saying neither one could benefit from African-American? Correct. There's There's no way that you can benefit, whether it was your cousin coming over from Africa and then becoming a citizen of this country. There's no way for him to benefit from becoming an african American. But okay, how does the African American, and how does the African American, as far as in American politics, because on a global mm-hmm. stage, I agree with you. It's, it's, just, a ter- it's just a term, and that's why I'm going to. Constru- that's why I'm not going to allow you to call me something that I'm not, so. and and something that I don't want to be called. So it's just a term at that point, because there's no way for me to benefit financially from it. Now, if this government had a program set up, or if the government had a program set up like they do for Asian Americans to where we could financially benefit or we could financially write off things or financially uh, become a part of society as an African-American, then I would allow you to call me that. But there's no way for us to do that as African-Americans. Go ahead. I I think removing the specific terminology, it Mm -hmm. reduces the likelihood. It makes it harder to actually be able to pursue it. Like to go and get um, reparations, which Mm -hmm. personally... I don't. I don't think it's, it, it can be repaid. You mm-hmm. know, not properly, because the biggest wealth builder in the country is land. Mm-hmm. If this is generations upon generations upon generations of land that we were supposed to have, mm-hmm. money that's just inflation. That's nothing. They're printing it out. But I think it's it becomes harder and harder for descendants of of, of slaves in America to actually get reparations or proper treatment or designated assistance because we we shy away from the specific identification of that group i'm happy you said that because so for how many generations now have we been called african-americans like four and how has that benefited us yeah i don't i'm not one to be a great give a heavy argument towards the term Mm african-american uh i think i think one of the most 
drastic differences within our perspective is, I actually lean more towards just call me American. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't tell the whole story. Exactly. Um, Exactly. And I think there's only one. I think there's only one term that gives a summary Mm -hmm. to that experience that we've been on, but it's just a word we don't like to use. Well, that's what I was going to get to. So I was like, so this is why I wanted to talk about culture because Um, I still feel like we haven't as a Black Americans, however you want to define yourself, because there's a whole other branch of this conversation Absolutely. where people are now identifying as being indigenous. So they wouldn't even want to even deal with none of that. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, like, I still feel like even as this, a monolith of this people, we haven't, like, directed, like, a culture, though. You know, like like Africa, like, you can go to Nigeria, you can go, mm-hmm. but they got many tribes in there. They have a culture, culture that these cultural practices is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like we all got to, we'll have like a general practices, but we may do individual things. It's like to where we don't have to really have these type of conversations where, like I'm saying, we can, you know, I'm just making an analogy. Like if we came under, like we didn't want to be called African, we're going to call black. We just came with a new term and then moved in that type of movement. I don't know what that could be, obviously, <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> but. Well, and that's a good point because, you know, sometimes I spent a lot of time in Africa and, yeah. and while I was there, it was never a question as to where I was from or what kind of African I was. Yeah. And that that's kind of the point and that's kind of where I made that decision. It's like, okay, you know, these people respect me for who I am, regardless of where I came from. In this country, it becomes an issue because of the way we look compared to white people. You know what I mean? And that's the reason why I was just like, you know, and and when you talk about that definition and them telling us who we are and where we're from and, you know, and everybody deserves that right to say whatever it is that they want to say about who they are. And, and, you know, if you want to be called African-American, I respect you and call you African-American. But my point was when I'm speaking to a white person about race, I'm not going to allow you to call me that because it's no benefit behind me being called that. Now, if there was a way for me to benefit from that or my people to benefit from that, I would be all for it. Just like Asian-Americans, they're able to financially benefit tons of ways from being called Asian-Americans. We can't do that. Uh, but how do you find more benefit in being called African than African-American, in, especially in America? It's, it's, it's not about the benefit behind that, that portion of it. It's about the respect portion of it. Because when, you, when you're be, being called by a white person, African-American, but there's nothing behind it and they don't understand why they're even calling you that. Cause I guarantee you when, if you were to ask a white person, why you call me African-American, they wouldn't be able to tell you that they'll think it's the trendy thing to do, or they'll think it's what you want to be called. So it's not coming from knowledge of what, what it is that they should be calling you. It's coming from what the trendy thing is to call you right now. So we've gone through over the decades, we've gone through being called black niggers, Negroes, um, you know, everything but what we deserve to be called and what we want to be called because they don't ask us. They That's lead it. the charge. They lead the charge in what they're going to call us. Indeed. So that's why I'm telling you that I'm I'm not going to allow them to call me that because that's how I want to be respected. Understood. Yeah. We what our what our what our perspectives are founded founded on mm-hmm. is in the same place of respect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just it's just uh a different way of, of viewing it. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel 
And don't get me wrong, I don't think that calling a black person in America American tells the full story by any means at all. Though, I think it's it's more respect by calling me American because many times a white person will confident whether, whether their family came from Europe or, or whatever. They might have been from Ireland or London or they, they might have been from Alaska, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. But they, they show up and maybe like two, three generations, they just say, I'm American. Nobody questions it. Nobody gives it pushback. But when a black person says, hey, I'm, I'm American and their family might have been here for three, four hundred years, or they might even be, they might even have native blood from America, but they still find themselves having to hyphenate their name in, in some form. Mm-hmm. I think that that's less respectful. Though, at the same time, but I understand what you're saying. But there's an obvious difference as to why they're able to do that, though, and why they're able to immerse themselves in any, any country and say that they're just American. There's one obvious reason as to why they can do that. You saying you, you going to a skin? Absolutely. Yeah, because I think it's Absolutely. all rooted in who has power right now. Like, if, for instance, if it was flipped all the way other way around, everybody be one be. It'd be cool to be us. It is. <laughs> <laughs> like, like outwardly, outwardly speaking. <laughs> no, it's like it is cool to be us. Uh, I'm not saying uh, I'm talking about other races of people. I'm saying no, I'm, talk, I'm talking about from a power dynamic. So I get you. No, it's, that's it's, what I'm it's, picking off his point. It's cool until you need power. Then they be yeah. like, nah, because because no, nobody want to. Because we know people that don't even want to identify. Like, no, we looking at you like, come on, bro. We know your great grandmothers, your grandfathers. Right. But because of the dynamics of how propaganda is pushed. You know, the people that figuratively have the power right now, that's what well, people want to side with. Mm-hmm. Even though we know that that ain't the side you really should want to be on at the end of the day. Because it, regardless of what, even the, the culture of America follows us. It does. White South, Af- White South Africans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Elon. They show up for maybe a... A generation, or they might even go and get their citizenship in one generation and just consider themselves to be South Africans. Mm-hmm. And they'll have the boldness and audacity to just identify in that. And they don't say, I'm a white South African. They just say, I'm South African. South African. They and they put their foot down on it. They bold, too. I've seen yeah. some videos on it. And so, <laughs> I, feel, I feel black Americans should have the right to speak and, and, and stand on that the same way. Mm-hmm. Not to say they should be forced to recognize or identify that way, but absolutely, black you, black people have contributed to the country just as much as anybody else. More than anyone, there else. shouldn't be yeah, there shouldn't be any hyphen. You know what I'm saying? More than anyone else, I I completely agree with you. But the reason the reasons that I'm I'm telling you that I view my myself in that way, and the, and the reasons why I'm trying to get you to understand where I'm coming from, not that you shouldn't be able to call yourself just American if that's what you want to call yourself. Um, that that obvious reason that we were talking about before. Um, and you know, one of the things that society and the world will never receive us as ever is the originators and people of power. That's not how they view us. That's not how society views us, even in South Africa. You know what I mean? Where, where you're talking about in Africa, that's one of the main reasons why people of, you know, white people are able to go to South Africa and be there, get their citizenship and just call themselves South Africans because the way that they're viewed and the way that society views the lack of pigmentation in their skin 
You see what I mean? It, it's viewed as a source of power in itself. Well, yeah, that's why I made my comment. Yeah. Power, whoever has the power, people want to... Absolutely. I completely agree with know, that. They're going to try to side with that just to try to save face. So your, your preference to be called African, mm -hmm. it's, through the, it's through more of an international global lens of, um, of power. Absolutely. And so connecting in that sense, more so, like Malcolm X was breaking down the difference between the global stage and the national stage or the international stage versus the national stage and saying, all right, black people, when they look at themselves in America, they see themselves as being a minority because mm -hmm. they're looking at this national stage. Right. But when you look at this international stage, you realize that you're really the majority mm -hmm. if you could just see it through that perspective. And so are you, is that like where you Absolutely. understood? And, 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 and me being in Africa and spending time in Africa, like it, it again, I, I never, it was never questioned. As to me being anything outside of African. Understood. And here, no matter how we look at it, no matter what you allow anyone to call you, they're never just going to receive you. Like, if you were to tell somebody you're African, that's going to be the only thing that's respected. If they call you African-American, okay, they're going to want to dig a little deeper and find out, like, where are you from? What part of Africa are you from? Or what part? But if you just call yourself African... That is the only part that is respected. I get, so you, you feel like it brings less questions when you say African versus African-American? Not necessarily less questions, but it's respected. It's like a unifying thing. You're not it, even... It's respected a lot more if you are, if you are just received as African versus African-American. So it, it hasn't been my personal experience. So mm -hmm. I have a different view on it. Mm -hmm. Like, um, matter of fact, I've had, I've had two, Nigerian, two Nigerian girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And um, when I would meet their family and spend time around the family, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't to be necessarily disrespectful, mm -hmm. but there was always this statement of like, uh, you're not really African. Like if I were to try to like identify as African, it's like, you're not really African. And I could view it as disrespect, but I feel like there's a lot of truth to that. Mm -hmm. I'm, yes, bloodline, mm -hmm. but culturally, yeah. what... I feel like what black people went through in America created a whole other breed of people. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, for Absolutely. sure. So it's hard for me to go and identify with, with the continent only when I feel like that doesn't do justice at all to the, spe the specific group of people that I come from. Mm -hmm. Like um, Haitians are African too. Absolutely. But a Haitian is going to tell you, I'm Haitian. Not to deny the fact that they have African roots. Um, arguably bloodline wise that have been tempered with less than African Americans right. roots, uh, DNA wise. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I come from Haiti. I represent this place. This place has had a specific experience, specific culture. There's, there's been things that have occurred in Haiti that arguably have created a, a, a new breed of people in the sense of where they come from traditions, the, the traumas that have affected their DNA, all those things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as a black American, African American, et cetera, we need something that represents that also. Yeah. So, so question for you. I think we have it too, but. So question for you. Um, how does it benefit you by being called African American? I don't really think it benefits me, honestly. I don't think it does, I don't think it does just, justice to the journey. I, I would argue we need a different term. Though for me... So how can I respect you, brother? What would you like for me to call you? You can just call me black. 
though, knowing what I know about race, it's hard for me to passionately get attached to, to any of it at all. So a lot of times I'll use these terms just so I can navigate society mm-hmm. and, and get things done to like simply communicate things. Just like the term love. Everybody love different. But you just say love, it's just like, okay, it's in this ballpark right. of something over here. And so I'll say black, African-American, even African in that ballpark. So, so let me tell you my struggle with me. You just, and I respect you and call you black if that's what you want to be called. But let me tell you my struggle with calling you black. Because to me, it's not respectful. It's not respectful for me to call you black. Um, and the reason that is, is because you haven't allowed me to even know who you are by calling you black. Because that's not what I see. I don't see black when I look at you. So when you define the color black and when you look at that in itself, I don't see black when I see my brothers or my sisters. That's not what I see. What do you see? I see African people. I see That's people. What we I see, but pe- I, 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 I I see people. I see people yeah. that look like um, people from Africa to me because people from Africa comes in all different shades, colors, shapes and sizes just like it is here, but the difference is, is that they're all African. They're attached to a nation. I get you. And being black, you can't be attached to a nation because there's no nation that births black. I get you. That's why I feel like we, here, our experience is different. We have to, like, try to come to... Uh, like a different term or a, a right. common ground term. Like, like we want to say nigga. <laughs> no, no, say. We, 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 no, we really should get into this. Join Kids Are Chefs Educational Academy, where we provide an educational experience for both youth and adults. We offer both in-person and online learning. To learn more or join Kids Are Chefs Educational Academy at kids, the letter R, chefs.com. That's kidsarechefs.com. And see, I don't, I don't let my, anybody call me that. I don't let anybody Respect. call me the N-word. Yeah. It, black or otherwise. But I, not I came to that. this conclusion that nigga is the only term that black people can use to immediately define the experience of being a black person generationally in this space. It's not American. It's not African American. It's yeah. not African. It's like, it's like the only word that immediately captures the whole thing. Like um, when I was a kid... I was probably like seven or eight, seven or eight years old. My uncle, my drunk uncle at this family reunion, he asked me this question that I still don't know the answer to to this day. But I was eating some chicken. I was kind of like messing over the chicken. I wasn't eating all the chicken off the bone. It's fried chicken too. And my drunk uncle, he, he looks at me, he say, he say, what, 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 why you eating that chicken like that? You a nigga, ain't you? <laughs> and I'm like seven, eight years old. And I, I, I never answered the question because I wasn't quite sure. Like, am I? But um, now I understand what he was trying to communicate. He just didn't have any other verbiage to say. Like, uh, if we were a Jam- Jamaican family, you could say, like, you're Jamaican, ain't you? Like, Jamaicans don't eat chicken like this. Oh, you, you, you Haitian, ain't you? Like, we don't, we don't waste over food like this. But he couldn't say, you're black, ain't you? He couldn't say, you're American, ain't you? He couldn't say, you're African, ain't you? It's like, only word that my drunk uncle could really use to succinctly get to his point was... 
niggas don't eat chicken like that because we've been had some hard times in this country. Like, you know that we don't waste food this way. And so um, as much controversy as there is around the term, I feel like that's the reason it's so hard for us to erase it is because it's the only word that succinctly captures the journey that we've had in this space just like that. You know, it, as much as I, I agree with some of what you said, I, I want you to understand that those things are cultural differences. Those are things that generationally have caused us more issues than good. You know what I mean? So the fact that he wanted you to eat all your chicken is part of the reason why, as a people, we've struggled with obesity and high blood pressure and hypertension and all of those things because we were forced to eat all of what we had in front of us because of we knew it was going to be hard to come by and because we couldn't waste it because people where? Like the people in Africa? People in Africa are starving. You know what I mean? That's who, Those are things that we were taught and things that we heard over the years. None of those people had ever even been to Africa that was telling us that. You see what I mean? So when you think about the cultural differences and in, in back to the, your original question and where we started with that, some of those things poison us, whether we know it or not. And being called something that can't derive from a negative connotation and, and was put on us again, just like African-American was put on us, just like black was put right. on us. Nigga was also put on us. So I can't attach that to who I am because I think it's disrespectful to me and it's disrespectful to you. You know what I mean? For us to be called that. That's why I don't allow anyone to call me that black or white, because I'm not going to let you define who I am and I'm not going to let you claim something negative over my life regardless of what you think it is regardless if you think it's okay or regardless if you think it's culturally you know the thing to do i'm not gonna do that which and i i respect that lens i really do and um even at moments i have my own internal conflict but i would be lying to you if if i said some of the moments where i felt the most love in my life it wasn't communicated through the usage of that word yeah even something as simple as like, <laughs> my mom, like growing up, my mom, she might be like, oh, uh, nigga, get in there and wash them dishes. And like, it's like, yeah, my mom just called me a nigga. But at the same time, it's the way she went about doing it. It was, it was, it felt warm. Or, um, or even might have a, a group of friends and they might, they might really want to see us, see the collective do well. And one might be giving a speech. It's like, hey, y'all niggas really need to get it together. They, but they're coming from a place of, of passion, but just using that word in the way, in the specific moment that they're using it, there's an intentionality behind it. Like um, referring to Haitians again, I've, I've seen Haitians have conversations where it could have been a great disagreement and a Haitian might walk up to the other Haitian and be like, hey, 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 Zo, relax, Zo, Zo, just chill. And just as something as simple as him saying Zo, and it's coming from the, uh, the Haitian gang Zo Pound, the origins of it, may not necessarily be deemed positive, mm -hmm. but something as simple as him just saying Zoe in the myth before he goes into what could be a conflict, it's already bringing them to... It's like a term of endearment. It's a term of endearment within the way that it was delivered. Yeah. Um, and so I respect every single thing you're saying. So, so I challenge you. So you said you're, you're pursuing a master's in African-American studies, correct? Correct. All right. So I challenge you to come up with a new term of endearment that is respectful for all and something that something that does not have a negative connotation behind it. Something else that can give you that same warm feeling, something else that can give you that cultural connection 
something else that can give you the exact same feeling that that word does it that wasn't derived from a white person that was trying to enslave us I, I don't have a desire to that's what I'm saying because the word is ugly mm-hmm. but in the history has been ugly mm-hmm. but in its beautiful size to the word as well and in its beautiful size to the history and so like you need something that has been beaten up or tarnished or rough around the edges, but then also has like these loving soft spots on it to be able to succinctly just communicate this journey in one word. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why I think we've had such a struggle to, to replace it because I could call you my brother Mm -hmm. and that could be an accurate statement, but then there's, there's still elements of, of me simply calling you my brother that don't necessarily, like brother doesn't really reflect three, 400 years of what we might've gone through even up to this day. So I, I think it's it's ugly what it's supposed to be because what like it has to capture what, what the journey's been. And you think that that term does that? For sure, I think it's, I think it's the only term that it can capture love, and it can capture pain, and it could it could capture you having pride, but then it could actually capture you feeling inferior at certain periods. It's the only term that can like grasp all that at one time. I I I heard a professor one time say, um, "If I walk into the church, and we can curse on him, okay." So <laughs> I make sure you know respect the space. But the the professor he's talking to class, and I think it might have been a philosophy course. And uh, he says, if I walk into the church and I say, the world is fucked up, am I allowed to say that? And then there's a very religious student in the front. He's like, nah, professor, you can't say that. He said, why? It's true. And he's like, yeah, but you can find another word other than, other than fuck inside the church. He said, well, find another word in a dictionary that can replace the word fuck. I personally, I don't know a word that could replace fuck in the dictionary. It's... But when you hear it, it does kind of make you like, but there's a need for this word. And I feel like nigga has that same element to where it's like there's there's substitutes that we could use. But as far as precisely being able to replace it, I think there's a need for it. Gotcha. I think because there's a lot of history, a lot of emotions. And it's one word that without a doubt, everybody around the universe knows for sure. Um but it does, like I said, it, 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 within the community, it does cause issues, you know, because some, some people don't want to hear it at all. Some people are okay with it. You know, it's all, a lot of that has to do with reading the room. You're like, I, don't go, I wouldn't go around my elders just dropping in bombs all day, you know what I mean? But it, it could slip out, but not, not a lot for me. It could slip out from just casually talking to somebody. More so if I actually know they don't mind it. Like if it's somebody that I know doesn't want to, I'll, I'll try to respect the space for sure. Um, but that, like I said, that's why I like, I like talking about culture because there's just so many different things to where, like, some people, like I said, want to be called African. Some people want to be called black. Some people at this point want to be called indigenous, Indian, all these different things. It's like we almost need, like, an umbrella of an identified culture. But I know the, the root of a lot of this is through our education system and how we're educated. Absolutely. And so education is like the foundation of culture. So mm-hmm. we're not educated to be black. We're not educated to be African. We're not educated to be indigenous. None of that. We're educated to be European by mind. 
you know, so we can follow their type of programming. So I can understand why, like, our culture is, like, so fucked up. Because we haven't had a chance, because we haven't been left alone to, to breathe, to kind of get with our nucleus of our family, to, re, to kind of re-engineer these type of ideologies that we want to instill, even down to our spiritual system, our belief mm-hmm. systems. We sharing the same thing as them. Literally, uh, our holidays, the foods we eat, you know, uh, Education-wise, the jobs that we do. Yeah. So I don't feel like we've had a clear separation to where we we have our, what everyone call behind closed doors or have our conference where we're saying, you know, we we pick out top, whatever we want to find as leaders, mm-hmm. we go with the ideology and saying we can all come under this umbrella. And then maybe that can go into the reparations talk. But right now it's just too much. They don't want to pay us because they pay with word semantics. And, you and they know. don't want us to be educated. They don't want to educate us on, you know what I mean? Why do you think they try to control what's taught in the school system? Well, because they don't want to educate well, us. Well, because I, I, me personally, I don't feel like they're responsible to do that. Why, why would you educate me when I want to continue to keep, keep power over you? I'm going to make it as hard as I can for that to happen. You know, as far as like telling us our history, oh, indeed. so I'm not gonna give you a leg up to eventually tr- to to make it easy to overthrow me and mm-hmm. tell you everything about what I did to you, mm-hmm. why I'm redlining your neighborhoods, why I don't want to pump money into your school systems, why I want to keep uh, the reading comprehension level at a fourth grade level because mm-hmm. I know that's gonna keep my percentages of you going to prison high. Everything they do is based calculated and based in statistics because they love numbers. Absolutely, you know, and that number system is based around. Even the language we speak, the language we speak English, honestly, doesn't really benefit us as far as like how we see the world, how we shape ourselves, even our personal development. There's not enough words. And this goes into like even our culture. When black men run out of words, what do we do? We kill each other. Or call each other the N word. <laughs> Sometimes you get the job. Well, see, see we, we, even what, this is how powerful that word is. This is how powerful that word is. Because depending on my car yeah. last week, that's all you need. Yeah, depending on how that word is used in a certain situation, I might not like you the way you call me nigga from another black person. You know, no, for sure. You know, and um, I feel like a lot of that when I look back at it, it all stems down. Like I said, to our, our education, that's why culture, our cultural values, a lot of things we share with the people that enslaved us, and we fight with trying to separate it, when in reality it's like, I get it. I'm not knocking anybody what they're doing, but mm-hmm. I understand from a, just looking down on it, it's like, well, black people, we haven't, we're, we, a lot of our fights are on stuff like the topics that, you know, that I see on the internet is rooted in, like, just being miseducated by but it's it's designed like it's 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 not an accident. I mean, it it, it is designed to to definitely suppress us. But you have to understand. Do do either one of you have children? No, I don't. Have yeah, children. I do. You do. So it it surprises me that most people are okay with saying and 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 allowing school systems not to teach our history and not teach things about us. And I say that because. Yes, as parents, we have to do our part and we have to, you know, teach our children about our culture and our history. But the problem with that is over generations, that's even become whitewashed in our own families. Um, So when you think about history and think about the education and the lies that are told in our school systems about our education and about our history, um, 
I, I don't think it's it's wise for us to say that we don't want our school systems to teach history and teach our history. They have to do some of that in our schools and we have to be able to allow some of that to be taught in our schools because our older generations, just like my 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 grandmother's sisters um, were all products of slaves um, and they were born on a, a cotton plant, Arkansas, on a, a, you know, a crazy part of Arkansas is where they were, they were born, you know, and they were all products of a slave master. Um, with that being said, that is something that, that I had to educate myself on. That's not something that I got too much from those sisters because it's embarrassing to them to spread and to talk about and to speak about that part of their history. And they directly told me that it's embarrassing for them to speak on how they got here. You see what I'm saying? But to me, it doesn't help our generations to come if we don't know that knowledge. And if yeah. we don't have that insight and, and you know what I mean? So those things, yes, we have to educate our own children on, but our overall history, if we're sending our children to public schools, we have to expect that some of the truth be told. And some of our history be told in the school. Oh, yeah, I agree. I'm just all I'm saying is I don't. To me, they're not really obligated to do that. They're not. That's obligated. all I'm yeah, saying. Definitely. It should be told. I'll ask you this: as as far as the the racial st statistics mm -hmm. or demographics within the schools that y'all came up in, what did those look like for y'all? So I I went to uh, Okmulgee High School. It was in Creek Nation. And so I went to school, predominantly blacks. We have uh, whites and Native Americans. So I went, it was diverse. Okay. But the culture was black, though, for sure. Understood. Predominantly white. Okay. All right, so I'm, I'm, my perspective, I'm coming from predominantly white schools. Uh, my city, hometown, been predominantly white. Growing up, I think it was maybe less than 10% black within the space. So the schools I went to, a lot of times, I, either I was the only, only black kid or we might have had three black kids in the class tops in environments like that i lean more towards if you're not gonna teach it right don't even teach it at all because then you're misinforming the students and um i feel in black more predominantly black schools or the culturally diverse environments it's easier to say hey the teachers really should be teaching this stuff but then seeing that a lot of these teachers are racist and seeing that you're you're living in um kind of like very predominantly Republican schools or, or counties. And not to say that Republican is synonymous with racist, but a lot of times the agenda does not have the history or the well-being of black people as a priority. So it's, I'm very slow to tell a teacher that may not care about the black student at all to even go on this endeavor of teaching black history or things that go into that realm. for us it needs to be taught for white people i'm with well. you so it, it you know what i mean when you think about the educate the reason why some white people view us the way that they do is because they're not educated on who we are and where we came from most of them don't even understand or don't even respect the fact that we all came from slavery you know what i mean most of them don't even believe that like they, they're so far removed from that by the generations because it's not taught so it's not just beneficial for us for black history to be taught. It, it's important for white people to know that as well. So some of those things that we're seeing right now can be changed and it will be viewed differently. And so, you know, 
we can have different opportunities back to your point earlier about, you know, them, them wanting it to be um, in that way to where, you know, they don't want us to benefit from the education. Yeah, but it, it's not going to be just an education for us. It's an education for all. And to me, you can't tell a, a true history story if you don't include our history. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm fully with you there. It made me think of the quote from the book, The Miseducation of the Negro. Mm -hmm. And he said, the, the lynching starts in the classroom. And for both the black, for, for the black student it starts because they, they're feeling inferior. They don't know what they've contributed. But then the white student who's receiving this information or lack of information it starts on their behalf, too, because it's like, okay, well, why should we respect these people who haven't contributed anything to history or society and all they've done is just tore this place down? So why, why, why shouldn't we get rid of these people? I agree with you there. I just don't think, I think we may have a different level of faith within especially public school systems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And that kind of was going into my topic about the importance of knowing our history and um, for sure is for those facts because they're going to keep trying to take it out of school. I can remember just me being in high school, I think they just kind of started to stop teaching. Like, I think it was a, became an elective when it should it should be a class you got to take to know. And and also making sure they're telling the right history because they they just want to tell you just the, the good stuff that's going to put always – because one thing I know about this culture, they always want to center themselves in the, in, in the proper lighting no matter what. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, I, um. So I'm, I'm coming from Florida. Like, I, I was born and raised in Florida. Yeah. So if you look at what's going on with Ron DeSantis right now, there's been this initiative to take a lot of the black history books out of the school. And many, many things that are considered to fall into critical race theory, all those sorts of works, many of them are taken out of the curriculums and out of the libraries. So from that sort of perspective, I, I'm, I'm more inclined to be like, you know what, don't even touch it. Because... Clearly, you don't want to do right by it. I'd rather you not touch it from that perspective. But that's not every single state and not every single school system is the same way. Though, at the same time, majority of teachers are middle-class white women, and they have their biases. Not to say they can't teach history, black history, well, mm -hmm. but just being informed on that piece, too, uh, I'm a lot slower to be a... A heavy advocate necessarily on saying, okay, you need to teach this specific area. Mm -hmm. It's like how they're trying to change certain words in there. They don't want to say slave. They want to replace that. You know, they're trying right. to take out the making it softer to where it doesn't sound like, obviously, white people are so bad what they did to us. Like, I almost did us a favor in a sense, you know, because I agree that a lot of teachers we have don't like us, but, you know, so they're not going to go out of their way. I'm not saying everyone, but Obviously, most of our school systems, we outside of the South, we're probably going to be in predominantly white school systems, you know, from the, from the top down, your board of education on down. So there's definitely a lot at play here. Um, I agree, and I agree. So I want to point out one more thing to you that you, mm -hmm. just, that you just brought up about DeSantis. So his last name is DeSantis. <laughs> he is Latino. <laughs> yeah. And he... <clears throat> Man, right. no, right. I didn't want to cut you off. <laughs> Another thing, though, which was culture shock to me, um, I went to school in my, I, I, I did undergrad in Miami, and going down to Miami and seeing so many Cubans that identify as white, and um, you know that's a whole other thing in itself of 
there's a there's a large population of Hispanics that they identify as Hispanic, mm-hmm. but they identify as white Hispanic. So they move yeah. as if they're viewed as white people in the country. That goes back and to that is, that is also by design. That's so the, he wants he wants Latino history to be taught in schools, yeah. but not your history. You see what I mean? That's so w- with that being with that being said, like that goes back to the point that I was trying to make earlier by us attaching to a nation. So any and everybody can come to this country and attach themselves to a nation and benefit from it other than black people. So then, okay. And I, I'm not to get too caught up on ground we've already covered to an extent. Right, okay, so then, okay, Africa being a continent. There's certain countries within Africa and then even going down to different tribes within Africa mm-hmm. that have their conflicts and they, they don't see each other as being one. So how how does one that's how would you say one should go about connecting with a specific country with that understanding of there's African countries who are in conflict with each other? That's a very, I'm glad you asked that question. So the one, you know, to kind of know where you came from, know where your, your you know, your gene line came from um, in Africa. So that's a part of it. But then the other part of it is, you know, the point that I was making earlier, when I, the time that I spent in Africa, I was never asked what part of Africa I was from. I was received as an African brother and, and respected as such. I know your experience may be a little bit different because you, you dealt with a, um, a Nigerian girlfriend that, you know, had some parents that was, you know, a little, a little vocal about, you know, their beliefs and about you not being African. But if you were to break down to them that you are African and where you came from, they would have no choice but to receive you as such. So what that means is if you knew, if when they asked you that question or when they posed to you, mm-hmm. you not being African because you're from here, if you had said, no, my ancestors are from Zimbabwe or my ancestors are from, you know, here, they would have they would have responded at that point with, you're my brother. Well, where did you go, matter of fact? Did you be, have you been all over Africa? I don't I've been to in several parts of okay. Africa, but I've spent more time in Nigeria than anywhere else. Well, that's so that's how I knew what I was talking about when you said, you know, they because if you can if you can tell them where you're from and where your gene line is from, they'll receive you as such. Okay. What I'm saying is connected to that also. Mm-hmm. Let's say you you go about by the time you get to about eight generations back, mm-hmm. the uh, the amount of grandparents and offspring and direction that you could you could decide to identify with, mm-hmm. it goes in the hundreds. Just within 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 eight generations, because you're gonna have average person gonna have two grandparents and then, you know, two people come together. So like you're gonna have four great grandparents and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really it's about eight generations, you're in the hundreds as far as who you could connect to. So you might have a grandparent that's like Native American and you might have another one that's from the West Indies and another mm-hmm. one that identifies from Nigeria, all these all these places. So it gets very tough for us, and I'm, I'll say African-American in this context. It gets yeah, very com- yeah. tough for us as African-American to even be able to go and say, okay, this is specifically where we come from, so I need to be recognized in this way. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. So do you, have you, have you any of y'all did like your genealogy? Because I know some people don't I did, believe I did, in it, I did, it at I did, all. I did the Ancestry.com. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, because I always, like you said, like, 
you know, and this is going to dive into like, you know, kind of like what is like knowledge itself. And I think a lot of that has to, is rooted in like knowing who you descend from. Absolutely. Because it's hard for me to say I ain't something because if my own records don't even go back 400 years, I can't, I may be kind of shitting on one of my ancestors that could be from the yeah. Congo. It could be from who knows Asia. Yeah, you don't know, you know. And so I, I always, when I hear people in there saying, "Well, I'm this," or "I ain't African," I'm like, I kind of cringe sometimes. I'm like, "Well, my records only show this." I'm like, "Well, what about when they wouldn't? They didn't create census. They created census record for real." But this is what goes back. We was talking before the show. It's like why, why I love history and why I like to observe it because. A lot of times we take our modern mind and try to apply it to them back then, and they don't oh, think they don't think like us. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't have been sitting around trying to figure out trying to figure out exactly. You know, and that's why mm-hmm. I said I was respected as African when I was in Africa, and it's only received I was only received for what they see in front of them now versus where they think I came from, or versus what how much of what I have. It, it wasn't a need to even it wasn't a need to, to investigate that. that. I get what, I get what you're saying. I get you. You know, and so um, even when I think about knowledge itself, it's like, like I had family. Like I grew up in Oklahoma, but I know my family migrated there, for, or were brought there for some. Some mm-hmm. came there later on, but like I have like a rich history here of like my last name is Gallimore, but the Gallimore Plantation is one of the largest plantations out in Twigs. Georgia. So even online, I hear people say, well, slavery never happened, but I can go on the record. And I guarantee if I go back mm-hmm. and can go back in time and talk to one of my ancestors, they would have, they would be kind of up. They, they didn't wait choosing to be out there and do all these different things. Right. And I feel like just knowing who we directly descend from, you know, but like, but they, if that goes into like slavery, I haven't found any slave records though of like my family, you know, all mm-hmm. I see is them being here. So that's why I, you know, I, uh, I agree with both of y'all's y'all standpoints because you have, you know, that's how you want to view yourself. But mm-hmm. to me, even when I identify myself, some you know, I don't necessarily just directly identify with Africa, but I love African studies and history mm-hmm. because all I know is the history like my family has told us of how we got to. So what is it that you would like to be called? How do I respect you and, and call you my other than the N word? I don't honestly, I I honestly don't. <laughs> Here's a, I don't. Re- I don't have a problem with you calling me African. I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with you calling me black or any of those things because mm-hmm. I understand the context of the history behind what you may be. But it all depends on the person, too, though. Like like you, like I'm telling you, because mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you say, what's up, my nigga, or what's up, my African, or you can call me a God. But mm-hmm. that goes into a whole nother, you know, school of thought type mm-hmm. thing because mm-hmm. I look at black people like gods. Mm-hmm. But that goes into, like, you know, a whole mindset of, like, you know, culture, practices, sacred sciences, but that goes back in the culture of things of, you know, um, but to me, I don't, it, it doesn't bother me, you know what I'm saying? As long as you ain't, as long as it's coming off, you know, you ain't trying to, you know, demean me and things like that. But So it's not one particular that you, de- that you define yourself as? No, because I also have indigenous history, you know, I've, I've known about that since I was my whole life, mm-hmm. but my, my culture and what I live and experience has always been black. It wasn't even my indigenous side, you know, so I don't even, even though the uprise of that is big now with our community, I've always known that growing up, but that ain't how I live. I ain't mm-hmm. going to get on here and say I went to these powwows and all these different things because I didn't yeah. like that. My family is participating in rodeos. They were cowboys and stuff like that. So, so if you're filling out an application and they're asking you to identify 
what you are on there and they have black listed on there they have african-american listed on there they have you know all these different things on there which one of those boxes are you going to check join kids are chefs educational academy where we provide an educational experience for both youth and adults we offer both in-person and online learning to learn more or join kids are chefs educational academy at kids the letter r chefs.com that's kids are chefs.com Usually black and African Americans is in the same category. But if I had to choose They're separate now is though. It? I don't know I'll if you've seen they it, are separate. It, so I don't know if you've seen so, and that's, that's kind of my point well, that I was pulling up earlier. Because I ain't filled out the application of them. <laughs> 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 um, um not to go even deep into like legality words with the black and you know, you, yeah. you get into that talk with some of these super deep niggas on online, they'll get to <laughs> about black and black and <laughs> I honestly would probably choose black. Okay. Because I know that's identifying me to this particular continent and this experience. But at the same time, I would probably, I could, I could easily just check African American too. Like, I don't really have a, like, have a, I would still question why are they both on there though. Do you know what's like, not on there? What? This African? African. This African. Yeah. yeah. Do you not see that there's a reason behind that? Well... I mean, there's Asian on there, there's Latino on there, there's Mexican on there, there's Indian on there. Why isn't there, why isn't there African on there? They want you to put that in the other, huh? <laughs> I guess. I mean, like I said, it's all calculated, but, but what's, I, what's like another continent they don't they don't put on the they don't put on there. Um. I mean, everybody else is pretty much I think much that's why they need a other, because they got Pacific, <laughs> they got Pacific Islander and Native American, they're the same. Maybe okay. they separated now, I don't know. Because I know black and African American used to be the same checkbox, but now that they separated it, too, you know, and then they got white, so it's white, black, mm -hmm. Pacific Islander, Native American, now you're saying it's African American, mm -hmm. and then there's other, right? No, no, Latino, other, Latino, like Latino and other, yeah. so it's like six. Mm -hmm. That came about in, the, in like the uh, 1970s. Yeah, and see that goes because that because a lot of things because like, a lot of I think it's like it come what we call now a racist because you got Afro Latinos mm -hmm. but they just you know it's just it's a lot of nuances and all that and that goes into a whole another deeper discussion but <laughs> um, I never thought about that though but I also haven't looked at the application <laughs> no, I'm still thinking it was but, the same but you won't see African on that you know because but that goes into like the legal reason of why like to double back about reparations it's like. Because we get into that talk, people say, well, we don't get reparations because we call ourselves black, we call ourselves African American. Mm -hmm. But to me, is it really that? Or is it really because they just don't want to fucking give it to no, us? No, because we talked about <laughs> that earlier. Because he said it's been about four generations since people have been calling themselves African American, and we haven't benefited from that. So the key would be for me to fix that is probably, I guess, to for us, like genealogy, like tracing your family. Right. Because because I know how this is gonna go. White people are gonna be trying to claim reparations too, because oh, because of, of a lot of black people chasing genealogy, you are gonna find some. You are gonna yeah, be related to some people, and they are gonna be trying to jump on the boat. That's where yeah. the, uh, the the five dollar Indian term came from. Yeah, you know, they they literally was just paying money to just say, okay, well, mark mark me down as Indian so I can get this well, land or this grant. Have you have you looked into these nations of who running them? No, they white passing. Mm. So oh, it yeah. worked. So it worked. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And and people that look like us, you know, they removed us off these things. And I'm speaking from like family, like 
document Understood. reasons. You know what I'm saying? But also, too, I have my one of my childhood best friends. He's black, but he's part of the nation, though. He has a card. His grandfather was a chief. You know, um, so but but that's coming from where I'm, where I'm at because all the nations got migrated to Oklahoma, so mm -hmm. the culture there is a little bit different. You know, with black people and like Native Americans and that kind of that intersection of things. But then you have like predominantly white people; they gonna say they Cherokee because I think they let the most in probably on their roles um, as well. And two, you know, to go on a little history of like my hometown of Okmulgee. Like the like some of the first five delegates of like the Creek Nation were mixed. They were black, and and um, and Indian, and it was really against their politics. But they obviously let it happen, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know. And um, black people were enslaved by these nations of people, and I think it was like thirty three something percent. But and then, and then after that, we got allotted land after the Civil War. But because these nations sided with the Confederates. White people came in and took all the land back, and that's how they were able to build a railroad system into Oklahoma, and that's how white people even heavily migrated. Because prior to that, it was us there. That's how we had Black Wall, but see, people talk about Black Wall Street a lot, that history. Black Wall Street was rebuilt. They it just, but the, the, the narrative they want to push is that they just destroyed us, even though we fought back, mm -hmm. they had to get the military, but the, uh, they rebuilt. But there was all kinds of other, we was talking about earlier, all kinds of other black towns around there, like that was prospering, like where I was from too, you know, and um, not to go too far into that, it's just this talking about these things, I get to thinking and my wheels get to spinning, it's like, damn, man. I love, I love like being here in America, but at the same time, it's like a, man, yeah, <laughs> no. you know, it's hard, it's hard to even put an emotion on it because it's like, we're still fighting things but people on these pictures and out in the hall that like, were Absolutely. fighting. And it's like, you know, is it is it time to try to figure out a different, like, take, maybe we're not taking what they did in the astounding note. We're still kind of using some some of the metrics and methods. Maybe yeah. it's time to switch gears. I think, I think one of the <clears throat> biggest mistakes that black people make when it comes to trying to make progress is we'll often refer to the actions that were taken in the past. Yeah. Not realizing that we romanticized a lot of these figures and a lot of these movements and we're overlooking that these were just human beings that were trying to figure it out mm -hmm. and they were testing things and they were experimenting and some of the stuff worked and a lot of the stuff didn't so many times but we're trying to go back and recreate stuff that didn't work because we romanticized these figures behind it yeah. when it's like nah we need to build upon what they've done with the understanding the same way that someone in science would build upon <laughs> Yo, you're trying to create the light bulb. This didn't work. All right, so then we're going to try it this way. All right, this didn't work. We're going to try it this way. But it's, it seems like we tend to try to create the light bulb the same way over and over and over again when, like, okay, this way didn't go about it. Like, I hear people say, we need, a, we need another Black Panther Party. My opinion, we don't need another Black Panther Party because look at the first Black Panther Party. We need something that learns from the Black Panther Party and then goes about it a different way. I think we have like <clears throat> too many groups, you know, and like the, if we're talking about like community ideology, that means coming a core, like we shouldn't, let, let's say for example, you know, like you're in a fraternity, right? Mm -hmm. It's like that, to me, those are like the best examples of like, if they came under umbrella, you know, under whatever, however that looks, 
to, 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 to be able to give us a representation of that because that's a lot of, of our people under one ideology, you know? And to me, like, we can be coming together and backing things like that. I'm not saying people got to join. I'm just mm -hmm. making an example of, but I know because of all these different, it's like, it's like being from different hoods and how, like Chicago, for instance, if you're from whatever different neighborhoods, experiences can be relatively the same, but you just can't come together because I'm from this block, you're from that block. I think there's a human nature component to it. Then there's, there's this reality of it's very hard for maybe a hundred or more people to come together in a unified manner without splitting eventually in some form. I mean, I agree on certain levels, but w when you think about leadership and, and the way that that's supposed to go into your point that you were trying to make is that you guys have already established a brotherhood within your fraternity. Mm -hmm. And that brotherhood, um, out of that brotherhood, like since you use the number 100, say for instance you did have 100 brothers in your, in your uh, fraternity that, that decided to come together and create a movement, um, automatically you guys would pick a leader from that, from that 100 men in, that's, in that, um, that's in that fraternity. So what happens is, to me, in my view of it, it's, it's when you look at the ones that, were, that we were talking about in our history that was behind us, the Malcolms and the Martins and the, and the you know, Jose, the, all the ones that used to lead a movement, you don't really have people th these days that want to stand up and fight and willing to risk and lose everything that they have financially, uh, you know, and every other level in order to fight for that movement. Great, 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 great point. Because then this goes into um, segregation mm -hmm. and how before segregation, the, there was this unified oppression that everyone everyone was experiencing, whether whether you were a poor black person, uneducated, or you were a highly educated black person, and you had a lot of money to back it up. Even the, the highly educated black person is like, hey, I, I want to go work for this company, but I can't. I got the credentials, but I can't go work over there. Like, we really need to get on, on board with this. And right. so, you know, everyone was mutually oppressed. But now, I think the oppression is is fragmented among mm -hmm. black people so much that it's hard for us to come together similar to how it was in the earlier time period, even thinking about slavery. Um, I would assume even, even the house Negro wanted to be free to some extent. Um, well, maybe not the house Negro. He might have been living too good. Maybe the one cutting the grass. No, he still wanted to be free. He actually saw a portion of the way he lived as freedom. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? So they gave him many freedoms you know, many pieces of freedoms in, in what he was allowed to do and what he was allowed to say and what he was allowed to eat in order to control him, in order to get him to react and to do the other things that they needed him to do. So he still wanted freedom, but the, freedom, the little freedoms that he was getting, he was winning off of, and that's exactly my point that I was trying to make, mm -hmm. is that he's not the one that was gonna step up and be your leader and risk it all. He was comfortable with those many those many freedoms that he was receiving. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? So when you think about the the whole, like we're too caught up into, you know, our things that can be taken from us in order to even speak our mind and speak our freedom. You know what I mean? So when, when we did this show before, one of the things that I challenged all the brothers that was on the panel about um, was I wanted to make sure that they weren't concerned about losing what they had and what they'd established. Because when we talk about topics like this, trust me, they coming for us. When they see, you know, young black powerful brothers speaking about the things that we're talking about right now, 
it's going to raise some flags. It's going to raise some, they're going to want to address some of those issues. You can't, tip, you can't typically sit up and talk about white people and politics in this country and then not have some backlash. You For see sure. what I mean? So with that being said, when you talk about those things and not and within freedom and not be afraid to lose what you have, it's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? And it's a powerful thing. And that's what I think the difference between back then was versus now is that you have you've given all these brothers these little mini freedoms and they're comfortable in their space. So they're not willing to lose their many freedoms for a people. You I'm see good. what I mean? So yeah. when, with, with that being said, you know, I, I think it, we're obligated to do what we're doing. You know what I mean? I think we were called to do what we're doing because we're not afraid of those many of losing those many freedoms that we've been given. Feel you. Um, personally, like, I, I think this is just on personal tip. I think I've gone about it in a way to where I can still strive for those freedoms mm -hmm. while doing the work. And so, like, uh, just speaking for myself, being 100% like real with myself, I could be sacrificing a lot more. I could be going about the, the, the sacrifices in, in different ways. But, uh, but, like, this is the way that I'm going about it, I feel like I'm called to. But it's also a space where it's like, okay, I can still raise children, take care of a family, still go make sure I have a good bank account, and still contribute to this cause. And um, I think that's part of why, by the time, I'm, uh, especially, especially men, by the time men get 30, there tends to be this, this shift of like, um, they say most black men are broken by the time they're 30. I don't know if I would use the word broken, but you really do have to go evaluate what are your what are your priorities and then how many generations do you see the same outcomes without trying to go about it in a different way and also trying to like survive. Uh, a mentor of mine told me he was like the the goal is to make it to the end. Like carry out your work in a way to where you can you can make it to the end. So you know, it's 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 all subjective on how, how much people want to sacrifice and how they want to go about their, their sacrifices. But for me, I want to go about mine in a way that allows me to live out this journey and make it to the end. That, that still puts you in the movement. That still makes you a part of the movement. But my point was, and what I was trying to point out was, is that, like I said, when we use that number of 100, there has to be a leader that's, that speaks sure. for the masses in sure. that hundred. You see what I mean? And that's where we struggle in this day and age with getting someone to take that role. It's no, nothing wrong with you taking your many freedoms and living a lot, mm -hmm. you know, and still being a part of the movement. But when you think about us having, you know, like let's just use um, uh, Jay-Z, he's pretty outspoken and he's financially stable enough or he's financially in a place to where you know, he would be received amongst the masses if he were to be the one to step out and and speak about, you know, speak for, for sure. the, the masses. He would be one of the ones that we would be received on that level because I could see easily our community receiving him as a leader because of what he's accomplished, because of where he is financially and because he is pretty outspoken and, you know, unforgiving, you know, unwavering un, uh, about what he says when it comes to his own. But when you add the masses in there, is he gonna be the right person to speak out for the masses? Now, are you asking me this question? I'm or? asking y'all that question. Uh, I think it's very hard for someone in his position to speak out on behalf of the masses, especially when you get into a position of being a black billionaire. Mm -hmm. 
historically speaking, even the, the black middle class hasn't done right or well by black lower class because there's just they benefit from different things. Mm -hmm. So to expect a black billionaire to be able to make decisions that do well by black people that are in lower brackets of society, mm -hmm. um, it's, I don't think that's impossible. But there's going to there's going to be so many areas where it, there's just a conflict of interest. I don't think someone like Jay-Z would be able to be that person. But at the same time, a black person from the bottom likely wouldn't be able to speak on behalf of Jay-Z either. So I think it was just easier for us to all be on one accord when the designation was that the mass of these people are at the bottom and they there's this glass ceiling to where they can't get out of it no matter what your credentials or your work ethic, et cetera, are. You know, it's back to what I was saying about, you know, like leaders. I think, honestly, for the people, I don't even, like, think we should probably even pay attention to celebrities because I don't feel like they their reality they live in, because a lot of times it's different than the majority of the people that's, like, they, they kind of looking down, not saying, like, down as those being bad, but they're kind of up there and we're still down here with the people. So I would personally rather pick somebody that still can reach the people every day in conversations that people highly respect more um, and I think to me, that would be uh, more idea. Who is that person is? I don't know. Because I may like him, but then the next person would be like, oh, such and such, you know. There's a catch to it. So, but the problem is, so when you think about a speaker of the movement or that one leader, they're not speaking just from their experience and from what they yeah. came from. They're speaking for the, the community. They're speaking for the movement. So they're just they're just portraying what the, the the issues and the battles are. So they're getting fed the information from all of those other people, the lower class, the middle class. They're getting fed the information. They're just that face. Malcolm and Martin and all the other ones in the past, they were also celebrities. They became celebrities by the movement. So whoever it is is going to be a celebrity. You know what I mean? And they're going to be put in that position whether they want it or not. That's just going to be the part of being that voice. There's... I feel you there. It's just there's an irony to it, um, and I've and I've experienced this firsthand to a degree. Are we, we good, audio wise? All right. So no, I've I've experienced this first firsthand to a degree. It's all right. Just figuratively speaking, there's there's the people that are up here that have this level of power or influence, and then there's this group of people or these masses of people towards the bottom, who need voice for the people up here. Mm -hmm. And what happens, though, is there's someone down here that's able to speak the language up here and speak on behalf of the people from the bottom and all these things. So the people at the bottom, they start to push this person up. Mm -hmm. And so the person's climbing up the ladder, and they're speaking. They're speaking on behalf of this group that they're coming from. And so they're, like, supporting it. They push them up more. They push them up more. They push them up to the point where the person that was at the bottom, they're now up here. And even if they're still speaking on behalf of the people at the bottom, the people at the bottom, they slowly stop supporting this person because they stop seeing this person as being one of them. I disagree wholeheartedly. Look at Donald Trump. Half of this nation is poor. They still vote for him. And well, he's nowhere near their level. But I, I was, I'll say part of why Donald Trump is powerful is he's basically, he represents white male supremacy 
and white privilege specifically at full capacity. And so that works for even lower class white people because they have to compete with black people more than any other group. It's the, the white woman in the suburbs, she may be terrified of the, the black guy that's sitting on the corner in the hood, mm -hmm. but she doesn't have to live next to him. Mm -hmm. But the, the white person coming out of the trailer park or living in the projects, they having to go apply for those same jobs and have their kid got to sit next to the same black kid in school and all this stuff. Like they having to deal with these people on a regular basis. So like someone like Donald Trump, the rich people, they're going to vote for him. But similar to just race polit politics in America throughout history, the lower class white people, they see the white privilege in him. And it's like, OK, well, I might not have the money he has, but at least he's making sure that the white privilege stays solidified. So the that vote is there i mean i understand that point but the, so and i'm uh, trust me i don't want jay-z to be the speaker of i just use his mm -hmm. no I, get you. A, I use him as an example but he didn't come from money mm -hmm. donald trump did so he has had that experience and he lived you know like everybody else did yes he made it to be a billionaire so he may not be able to speak on that level from you know where he is now what? but he he didn't start that way well no a lot of people don't think a lot of people think donald trump came from money but in reality, <laughs> his his dad only gave him a small loan of a million dollars. That's not true. But okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just like everything no, I'm just else playing. he says, that's not true. <laughs> he that, only got he only got a small true. loan of a million dollars. That is not been, that is not true. <laughs> a small loan. When you come from money like that, I know for sure. You received more than just a million dollars. That was one check that he received. Oh, no, that wasn't I'm, I'm, what yeah. he came from. I Trust. don't know how much he came from, but it, I, we both can agree there was there was a a major head start. That's a good story for him to tell, though, and y'all believed it because y'all repeating it. A, 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 a small, it's just, it's just a small loan of a million dollars. Uh, in closing, to kind of wrap things up, sure. you know, um, I appreciate y'all coming here expressing the highest extent of your minds. Um, you know, we can go all day talking about all day. this stuff, and we'll continue to do more. But um, I just want to, you know, give you both your flowers while you're here. Thank you. Uh, all Appreciate the success y'all have had in life and continued success and the success we'll have together, you know. And so um, in closing, you know, I always say, you know, control your environment. Don't let your environment control you, you know. And that's just using your mind over everything. And, um I'll end with that. I appreciate y'all, brothers. Appreciate, appreciate you, bro. as well. Join Kids Are Chefs Educational Academy, where we provide an educational experience for both youth and adults. We offer both in-person and online learning. To learn more or join Kids Are Chefs Educational Academy at kids, the letter R, chefs.com. That's kidsarchefs.com.